morning good day good afternoon good any time of the day wherever you are listening to this welcome to another episode of the halicia podcast um father we thank you for yet another time to listen to you to hear from you to sit with you lord we ask that you would open our hearts to receive from you this day we ask lord that you pour yourself into us and that you would give us um the revelation you give us strength that will find strength from your word in jesus name amen you know this season we've been considering um um fixing our gaze on jesus we seeing jesus um and the profound scripture had been hebrews 2 9 um let's read that Hebrews 2 9 Hebrews 2 9 and says that but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man and um, the verse that stands that we are constructing there, the sentence, the phrase, the clause, whatever it is, is but we see Jesus, we see Jesus, we see Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus alone, Jesus revealed, Jesus unveiled. Hallelujah! So, I'm um, today, I'm considering. Um, having spoken about our high being single, fixing our gaze on Jesus, for how long as a believer are you expected to fix your eyes on Jesus? For how long? Um, so let's quickly read this one or two scriptures Luke 9 62, Luke 9. Um, 62 it says that and Jesus said unto him no man having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom wow um also quickly let's see Hebrews 12 2 Hebrews 12 2 looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Also, the starter, finisher, the end. So for how long should we fix our gaze on Jesus? And I will say forever. There is no time limit. These are some of the truths that I feel like some Old Testament people undoed, and we are still um, not able to. It's one of the things that we are not, we have not, should I say, we have not been able to. But for, um, for us to stay consistent and sustain that looking. That saying, that on looking to Jesus, it means that something significant must be the um, 
the source, the nucleus of our focus. You know, the previous episode we said that, that our high is single. That means that is your eyes is focused on just one thing, one person, the person of Jesus. And Jesus is not just telling us. You know, the Bible records that he's a man of like passion. Like he became man. Um, there is nothing that he is asking us to do that he did not do himself. And that's why Hebrews, um, Hebrews 12, no, Hebrews 2 was telling us that Jesus himself, for the joy that was set ahead of him, endured the cross despised the shame so that means that this is something he had gone through himself he's not just asking us god is not an unjust god if it were not possible if he himself if jesus did not you know jesus became man went through all that we did you know the bible says that we we have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities that means he has gone through it he knows how exactly he feels being man he knows how tempting it is he knows that many things will be calling for our attention he knows that there'll be a lot of distractions he has been through it and that's why he's staying us in the midst of it focus on jesus keep looking onto jesus irrespective of the circumstances irrespective of the situation no matter what it looks like look onto jesus keep looking onto jesus you know there's this very popular um scripture about when jesus told um, Peter to um, when she, um, yeah, Peter saw Jesus walking on water and he said Lord if it be you bid me to come and the Lord said it is high come and Peter was he was walking on water almost imagine the moment the focus shifted from Jesus and Peter started to look at the situation and the circumstances around him. He started to drown. Until he lifted up his gaze, you know, and he shouted to Jesus for help. So the moment we lose our attention on Jesus, we take our eyes off Jesus, the situation will suddenly become overwhelming. See, even the Bible tells us that in this life we will go through trials and tribulations. Like trials and tribulation is a constant. I don't know the gospel that you believe, but my own Bible says that we'll go through trials and tribulations. It's going to happen. But there are ways to go through trials and tribulations. The best way is to keep looking onto Jesus. Keep looking onto Jesus. That will be the only thing that will keep you from failing. That will be the only thing that will keep your legs from failing in the days of adversities. Being focused. Being focused on Jesus. Trusting in Jesus. You cannot keep looking at someone you don't trust. You can't derive strength from someone that has not that does not have that reputation. 
But excuse me, Jesus has that reputation of keeping his promises. His works are here and amen. Oh, Hebrews 11, Jesus. Hebrews 11 gave us, I used to call that Hebrews 11, all of fame. You know, and it was saying, now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. And then it says, for the elders obtained a good report by faith, by looking unto Jesus, by trusting in Jesus. They went through their own ordeal. Abraham believed God in the in the midst of in the midst of uncertain situations. God telling him that he will still be father of nation at 99. And nothing is happening. But this guy knows who he believes. You know, the Bible says that I know whom I have believed. And he kept trusting God. The funny thing, you know, when I was reading the um, story of Abraham and some people, Genesis precisely, and I saw that even after I gave birth to um, Isaac, the promised child, the child did not become that focus. So it's not like, oh, I've received what I'm looking for. Then, Jesus, you can go. Because many of us are like that. When we are praying, when we are trusting God, you know, we are very fervent when we are looking for something. But the moment we get it like this, we'll be like, okay, I've gotten what I want. You can go. But it wasn't so from Abraham. For Abraham, how did I know? When God told him to still offer that very precious gift, that his own beloved child that he had waited 99 years for. He, he still, you know, he still had the courage and the faith in God to offer the same child to him. To still offer the same child to him. And, you know, God provided a, a ram for sacrifice and all that. And beyond that, what even, what, what, eh, how do I put it now? What, what kept me amazed about Abraham was that even when he got to the promised land where God, you know, God said, follow me, I'll show you a city. Follow me to a city that I will show you. And after he got to that city, Abraham did not settle for that city. There was no record in the Bible that, oh, Abraham now became king, even despite having everything, that he became king and took over and was living big, living large, living a soft life and enjoying. Yeah, he had everything. Everything was was fine. Like, he lived well. This man lived well. But it showed that something else was more satisfactory to his soul to his soul than whatever it was that he, he got from that land. And that was Jesus. Every every part of the story of Abraham points me to a man that knows the Lord Jesus. A man that has that has 
relationship, a man that communes, that fellowships with the word. The only thing that was recorded that Abraham had in the land of Canaan was a tomb. That was the only record that he bought for himself and his wife, Sarah. That was the only thing that was recorded. That means that there was something deeper. Abraham found something deeper in his heart than just, I mean, just the city that God promised him. Same for Joseph. Those two people, um, those are two people I want to highlight this morning. Joseph, you know, after all the promises, you become a king, you will do this, you know, my dream and everything, and they sold him into slavery. Something kept me amazed about Joseph. Joseph didn't, there was nobody around him, like he was a Christian boy, so to say, like in a foreign land. And he had no advisors, he had no counselor, you know, he had nobody that they were coming from the same background, you know, that you say, oh, these are his friends that were sharpening and sharpening him. But even in that strange land, in the midst of circumstances and all that, when his master's wife was seducing him, Joseph said, how can I do this against my master and my God? That means that Joseph's gaze was on somebody bigger. He had like he had every validation, he had every entitlement to have said, after all, after all, it's only high. Nobody understands what I'm going through. But he held steadfast, he kept his focus on God, he kept his focus on Jesus. And even after he went through all the trials and tribulations, and when he got to you know, the, he became prime minister, brought in his family, and somehow the children of Israel settled in Egypt, in Goshen, Goshen in Egypt, and they became a big and strong nation. Even there, you know, everything was fine, everything was rosy. Even in the midst of abundance, Joseph did not forget. You know, the day I uh, read that scripture, I was, my heart was burning. I was burning like, oh my God. He said, he told them that whenever you are leaving this city, oh, this our Goshen that is flowing with milk and honey, make sure you carry my bones with you into the promised land. So even in death, even in death, Joseph was still seeking, seeking the promise of God. He was still focused. He was still focused on Jesus. He was still on Jesus. Whatever was promised, whatever the abundance that came, whatever the tribulations didn't matter because his, his gaze was fixed on Jesus. You know, and there's this par- parable, um, I will close with this parable, of the unjust judge. And then he was saying that, oh, this woman came asking for this and that from her neighbor, and they wouldn't give. But she kept knocking, she kept knocking. I mean, she kept going to the judge, she kept going to the judge. And he said, this judge was unjust, but he felt like, let me answer this woman so she will let me rest. Consistency, persistency. She was persistent in her pursuit. And that's how we should be as believers. Come rain, come shine, good, bad times. Our gaze must be, must be on Jesus. Jesus must be the big.
biggest desire in our heart. If he is not, when things are down, it will be very easy for us to 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 turn our gaze to move away. And when things are good too, we, our our soul will be so satisfied with the things that we have made, and we will be like that judge that will say, "Oh, my soul, um, my soul can now rest. My soul can now rest because I have gathered enough." And what did God, God God said, you fool. And the man died. So either in plenty, in abundance, in lack, whatever, our gaze must be on Jesus. We keep beholding. We keep beholding him. That's what the scripture says. Second Corinthians 3.18 And with her with unveiled fields, we beholding the glory of the Lord. As we are beholding, as we keep beholding, we keep transforming. That will, that should be the earnest desire. That should be our greatest pursuit. That we are transformed into, into the likeness of Jesus as day goes by. Till everything about us looks like Jesus. Till when we can meet with Jesus and we can see that between Jesus and I, there is no difference. We are one. We are one. We are bound in one. We look so exactly. If that becomes our greatest pursuit then we would forever and eternally look unto Jesus because it is only by looking unto Jesus that we can be like him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I pray that the Lord will expand this word in our hearts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I mean podcast. God bless you. Bye.